With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Reality Radio Entertainment presents Behind the Curtain with your host, Kathy Barrett. Welcome to Behind the Curtain, a show about how we navigate down the not-so-yellow brick road of life. I'm Kathy Barrett, and life is something we shouldn't do alone. So I hope you'll spend the next 30 minutes with me as I reveal what's behind the curtain. I want to acknowledge the passing of a very special person, Andre Badalamenti. Only 40 years of age, we lost him far too early. I never knew that Andre had hemophilia. And he did not let this disease define who he was. Andre was a talented music teacher and musician, performed on many movie and television scores. It was really amazing to witness just how many lives he touched while he was alive. Hundreds of people came out to celebrate his life at a memorial service on Sunday. The outpouring of love and admiration that was displayed for Andre became living proof of how he lived life to the fullest. Andre left an extraordinary mark on every person he met. In addition to creating two beautiful daughters, he leaves behind his music. And there was was a quote on his memorial literature that I was very moved by that said, after silence, that which comes nearest to expressing the inexpressible is music. My love and prayers go out to the Badalamenti family. Today, we begin our series on addiction. And our first show subject is about the dangers of nicotine and how we can support ourselves around kicking the habit successfully. Our special guest is Candace Bolbach, who is a New York State licensed psychotherapist and life management specialist from New York City. Substance abuse and addiction are two of her specialties, and she's also a corporate motivational speaker and the creator and founder of the Hidden Box Wellness Seminars, as featured in the New York Times. Candice, uh, it's so great to have you on the show today, and thanks for being with us. Oh, thanks for asking me to come on. I'm thrilled. Well, I, I just want to tell people, because I think this is a perfect way to start out the show, that you and I actually met several years ago <laughs> out in Hollywood, <laughs> out in Hollywood, California, we were both having lunch at a restaurant separately. I went outside to have a cigarette, and Candace came out looking for a cigarette. We stri- struck up this conversation, and we've been friends since. So I think it's very, very exactly. funny that we're both on right, both on the show now. Our relationship has come full circle. Uh, I've been smoke-free for uh, over 12 years. You quit smoking. So let me just share some facts. I know you have some interesting facts, too, do you want to share? Let me start by saying uh, to the listeners just basic facts. According to the National Institute of Health and uh, a 2007 survey, there's about 70.9 million Americans age 12 and older that smoke. 
Tobacco use is the leading preventable cause of death in the United States, and more than 20, uh, I'm sorry, $96 billion are spent in health care costs um, a year, and they are directly attributable uh, to smoking. There's a new book on smoking by Robert Proctor, and um, it's basically called uh, the, let's see, Golden Holocaust, Origins of the Cigarette Catastrophe and the Case for Abolition. According to Mr. Proctor, there are over 70 million pages of secret documents from the tobacco industry which outline how they design cigarettes as well as the industry's intent to make them as addictive as possible. The tobacco industry has tried to stop this book with subpoenas and hundreds of thousands of dollars in legal fees. Mr. Proctor said in an interview with Stanford University Press, the FDA has the power to regulate the content of the cigarettes and could reduce the amount of nicotine placed in each cigarette legally. He says cat food and dog food have been more regulated than what goes into cigarettes. The industry has a free hand. Now, I know you wanted to share some things about uh, the poisons in uh, cigarette smoke, Candace. Right. Well, you know, we what we don't realize is there's about 4,000 different chemicals that are put together to make a cigarette. And I didn't know this myself. Uh, maybe if we told all children that they might, this might be really helpful uh, to understand young people before they start smoking. But the truth of the matter is that um, there's some of the, the main things that are in is benzene. Uh, it's uh, carcinogenic, uh, associated with leukemia, formaldehyde, which uh, you know used for um, for nails and it's in uh, preservative, basically, to for dead for bodies. Uh, ammonia, acetone for a polish remover, tar, which is a very big one, nicotine, which is the the basic drug that is addictive. Carbon monoxide, others are like arsenic, rat poisoning, uh, hydrogen cyanide. These are all things that, that are just good to think about. So if you, if you my, my feelings about quitting smoking is until you're ready to quit smoking, it doesn't matter what you do. You can be hypnotized. You can go see a therapist like myself. Uh, you have to really want to quit smoking. Then there are some many, many powerful things that you can do and to get help to quit to okay. stay that way. Candice, before we get to the, the things, I just want to stop here and, and, you know, just pause on some of the things that you said. Okay, so part of it, though, I, I feel that what, what led me to quit was really looking, looking at the reality of what smoking cigarettes was doing to my life and doing to my body. And I think that's a big part of it because it's kind of like, as we were kind of chatting briefly before the show, this is information that's out there. We know this, but somehow it's like very, you know, easy because of the addiction to push this information aside. So I just want to share one other thing, that when you inhale a cigarette, the nicotine travels to the brain within eight seconds of that first inhalation. Nicotine, just so people get a real understanding of what is happening in reality time, nicotine is this molecule-shaped, and it's similar to a neurotransmitter. 
So it gets lodged onto the brain receptors and then activates areas of the brain involved in producing feelings of pleasure and reward. So this is how the addiction starts. And with time, the brain then develops a resistance to the nicotine levels by reducing the number of receptors. But the smoker feels the need to up his quota of cigarettes to feel the same level of pleasure. This is a serious drug, and it's getting, well, I quit smoking twice in my life, right? The first time uh, I quit smoking, I did a cold turkey, and I think that lasted for maybe about 10 years. The second time I quit, I found that it was far more difficult to quit smoking. I mean, through the years, I believed that the cigarettes became more and more addictive. And that's what uh, this Mr. Proctor, the author of the book that I mentioned earlier, was saying, that nicotine, the cigarette, the tobacco industry is making t- uh, nicotine more and more addictive. As we well, nicotine belong. is one of the most addictive drugs. It, it's right up there as, if not the most addictive drug. Uh, I've worked with heroin addicts uh, that have had, you know, serious heroin addiction for many, many years, uh, cocaine, so forth. They have all said without without one difference that cigarette smoking was much harder to quit and stay yeah. off of. So my... My feelings are you just asking Kathy about the um, the addiction part of it. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously it goes to it. It says this is something pleasurable. What it does to our life is, if you notice, you made a very good point. We stayed friends throughout that that time. When you're a smoker, just like when you're an addict in any way, you have to stay around. You have to put yourself in a certain world and it's because you need to have other people around you that are addicts. It's important. When you don't, you find that you feel guilty, you feel bad, you constantly think, well, I'm going to quit. Everybody that smokes or has any other drug-related problems that are aware of it are usually saying, I'm actually going to quit next week or very soon, as soon as I do this or the other thing. I just talked to somebody this morning who said, I quit for many years like you did. I'm going to quit again. I'm just getting myself prepared now. So, and that might be very well true. You have to prepare yourself if you're going to be successful in quitting smoking. Right. So what when when you quit, what were some of the steps that you took to prepare yourself? Well, for me, I'm I like you, I've quit other times in my life. I I purposely went back at a certain point because I made a decision. What most people really don't realize is they are making decisions. These are all choices. It's not just that the cigarette is there and you know, it there's a choice that you make. This has taken me a very long time to quit smoking again. And I am doing it different. Like you said, the second time you did it different. I'm doing it very different than I did earlier on in my life. What I what I felt was the integrity of who I was. I couldn't respect that any longer. 
So when I what I mean by that is when you're saying to somebody or to people, absolutely, I'm I'm ready to I'm thinking about quitting. I'm going to quit. I'm just getting ready to do it, but you never actually do. First off, other people in your life tend not to to pay any attention to you any longer. They're like, uh huh, yeah, oh, that's good. But you quit when you're ready. <laughs> right. <laughs> and and then the other thing that occurs. What happened to me, what I made happen to me, wasn't something that just happened. I actually had to make it happen. Was every night before I went to bed, I said to myself, you know what, you're going to wake up tomorrow morning, and if you wake up tomorrow morning and you put a cigarette in your mouth, the integrity of who you are, when do you trust yourself again about anything that you say you're going to do? That's called integrity. So if I say I'm going to meet you someplace, if I don't have integrity in one area of my life, then I actually don't have integrity in other areas, it will begin to diminish. So I was very important to me. And it was very important to me to assess some of the other areas that I in my life that I was saying, I'm going to do such and such. Like get into shape, run, go back to working out, something I've always loved. Why didn't I? Because I felt it's very difficult to, to do that and have the ability to really work out. So one thing goes into another. So you have to remember that you're probably going to have to take an assessment of who you are and what you want. So, Kathy, remember you said it was for the love of yourself. Yeah, for right. me it was, you know, my dad died at uh, 47 years old from lung cancer. And he was a smoker. And so, you know, every time I would have a cigarette, I'm going, wait a minute, this is insane. Why are you doing this? And I could feel it. I could feel the impact it was having on my skin. I I never felt clean. It it just was horrendous, difficulty breathing. So the question I had to finally, you know, get down and get serious with was integrity was also an issue for me, but... Even more than that, it was, why Why are you not loving yourself enough to stop? How could you kill Those yourself? What, what you're talking about, what I'm talking about, all the reasons why when someone makes a decision to stop smoking, that's, that's the thing that's going to keep them from stopping smoking. Is Absolutely. That we However, have, um, what stops people from not taking that first step uh-huh. is the fear of what they're going to, how they're going to get through one day. That really is it. How am I going to, okay. I, I, I'm not going to do that. Right. So, so let's take one thing at a time because we, we got to this point. I want to take a call from Lisey Dutton, who, uh, Lisey is the founder and publisher of the New Sun dot com and she's also the author of an ebook Mystics in the City and her latest uh business venture is cakewalk.com. Lisey quit smoking 5 years ago and she's just on the line for a second to share how she did it because I think this is a very important um part before we get into now how do you support yourself and and keep that non-smoker attitude going. I'd say something here in general which may be helpful uh, to people when you're thinking about this whole process is the first day. 
And what I did is I made a plan. And I said, okay, if I'm going to do this, I know I'm going to have stress in my life because we all do. I know that the day is not going to go perfect because no days do go perfect. Some do, but very awkwardly. So I bought patches. I didn't want to do it that way. I wanted to be strong enough to do it on my own. But I decided now I'm going to actually do what I'm going to do what I tell people to do the professional way. So I went out and I bought oh, the patches. And I bought the uh, cigarette, the electric cigarette. And I weaned myself by following the directions. And the first thing I gave up was the electric cigarette after a short period of time because I no longer needed it. Uh, I kept up with the steps and went down and down until I never did finish the last few steps because I didn't need it anymore, so I stopped wearing the patch at the last step. I don't use the, although I think it's fine to use the nicotine patches, the uh, any anything that will help you to stay stopped smoking as long as possible until you get strength within yourself. Because building that strength is what's going to stop you from smoking. Exactly. It's a muscle that you have to build, and it's also remaining in that reality of what it's going to take to do that. Okay, Lisi is on the line with us now. Lisi? Hi. Hi, Lisi. Thanks for coming on the program. Uh, So we're anxious to hear. I know you've been uh, now smoke-free for five years. So what was your process? Well, let's see. I, I, it started, I think, well, it had been on my list of things to do for years, and I just kept writing quit cigs, and it just, I thought, well, how's that ever going to happen? And then things started coming, converging. Um, I had a couple bad dreams that were clearly indicating I should stop, and, uh, and then these public service announcements on TV showing the black lung, they seemed to be haunting me. <laughs> I couldn't grab that was the remote fast enough. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I was coughing a lot. And uh, in one of the dreams, I went up to bat at a baseball game, and suddenly the game was stopped, and someone in a wheelchair whispered in my ear, breath is the gift of life. I went, wow. oof, all right. Uh-oh. And um, and somebody in my spiritual class kept saying, I smell smoke. Who smokes? And she wouldn't let it go. And I didn't realize I smelled also. So, and she wasn't shy about pointing it out. So all these things sort of came together. I'm like, all right, I got to stop. So I bought a book called Quit Smoking the Easy Way by Alan Carr, which a lot of people like. And it was just so positive. It wasn't scary or lecturing or anything. It just kind of broke the illusion or broke the spell of of thinking that cigarettes were a helpful thing. And um, I think that one of the main things that struck me with that book, it said, when you think of a calm person, do you think of a smoker or a non-smoker? And I thought, (laughs) wow. (laughs) So I thought, I want to be thought of and actually be a calm, non-smoking person. And it said, smoking isn't relaxing. It's just feeding the nicotine, you know, monster. So the book was totally helpful, and 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 it... it said in the beginning, read the whole thing, smoke as you're reading, no pressure, don't, don't, if you want to quit at the end, ho- hopefully, you know, great. But I, you know, I don't know if it was reverse psychology or what, but midway through I just said, that's it, I'm quitting. 
So that was how it started. And well, I, yeah, and that's that's great. I love listening to your story, uh, Lacey. I didn't stand it. I love listening to that. That was great, especially about your dream. And how did you yeah. maintain that status of being a non-smoker? How did you continue to keep strong? Yeah, well, um, the first, uh, I think the first three days were were surreal and kind of, I remember the first day going to a classical music concert and an intermission I really wanted to smoke, and I just remember feeling just irritable, you know, and trying to drink a lot of water, so it was kind of strange, but underneath that, it was an exciting feeling, like, wow, I'm finally doing it, so that I was just trying to tap in and focus on that instead. And I, I did follow up with um, Nicotine Anonymous meetings. I think I probably went to maybe half a dozen. And they helped. Um, they were more a day at a time, whereas this book was saying forever. <laughs> but I just said, oh, well, different perspectives. But the, it was nice to be around people, humans, who were doing it. And um, one guy said, you know, you're not giving up anything. You're getting, gaining something, and that helped me, too. And, um, Great point. and supportive friends you like know, you. You know, and I, I just, just to, to tap into what you just said, uh, Lacey, was that um, I'm, and I don't know about you, I, I know Kathy very well, but um, I don't think of myself as a, a competitive person in an everyday way. But I know that I it motivates me when uh, I'm when I'm playing tennis with someone, and it it motivates me to win. You know, to to really win. I'm playing with somebody that's a little bit better than me. Uh, so in that way, I think I have. I found the other thing is being around other people. Like my uh, my husband was quitting at the same time, and he actually quit before me. And that also gave me motivation and a sense of competitiveness that it was almost embarrassing that that he was doing this and competing and doing it well, and I hadn't quite done it yet. And I yeah, I yeah. thought that was a very positive kind of way of, of looking at it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's kind of like Weight Watchers, too. You, If you have that extra yeah. piece of bread, yeah. then you got to face the people who didn't have the extra piece of bread or whatever. Right, <laughs> gained a pound. <laughs> you gained a pound, and they didn't. You know that kind of thing. Well, all of these different uh, support mechanisms are really important, and it's also taking the time to pause and be honest with yourself and say, "Okay, we want to do this. What's going to work?" Because we know ourselves better than anybody else. In my yeah. case, I knew I had to go to sign up for hot yoga for thirty days and go and sweat every day and make that commitment to get the toxins out of my, my system. And I knew that would help yeah, me, you know, you know what I mean, to really not yeah, only stay with it, but to start to get rid of the, the toxins. Candace, you so brilliantly said before, you have to make the choice to do so. So once you make that choice to do so, then you're, it's important to create a plan about how to do that and then once you accomplish the actual quit and you've gone through the physical uh, withdrawal, then how are you going to maintain it? So, Lisa, you were starting to share a couple of ways about how you've successfully maintained it over the five years. Did it? Did in three months, yeah. did the thought leave you, or what happened? Um, you know, I remember after maybe, 
a little vague now, but like seven to ten days, especially around seven, I thought, hey, I can really do this. This is work. You know, this isn't so bad. And um, it got really, you know, quite easy after that. I um, I followed your great advice, Kathy, about um, a straw. You know, I, I cut a straw in half and, and just would breathe through it to keep breathing. And I still have a straw on my desk because if I'm working or getting hectic, um, in front of the computer or whatever's going on, I can. I sometimes just oh, I remember to breathe, and that and that um, straw helps you really get the air in and go. Okay, that's just what I needed. I was breathing shallow, so that really really helped a lot. Um, awesome. And uh, the 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 um, nicotine anonymous me. I, I stopped going after you know maybe I don't know a month or something. Um, it was great. It was just a little boost I needed at the time. Um, so yeah, that's just basically it. I don't know. I've got. It must have been just pure grace because after a week of you know, I don't know about I, I mean I think that one of one of the things that I get a lot with people when it's working you know with people to quit smoking or to quit any drugs is is the effects of their life um, and what I've had a lot of people most people worry about is gaining weight and um there, there are absolutely, if you think about it, if you're about to quit smoking or you think you want to, and one of the things that keeps coming into your head is the reasons why you're afraid to, like where, what am I going to do about anything in your day? How am I going to deal with stress? Uh-oh, I'm going to gain weight. How am I going to deal with gaining weight in my life? I don't want to. This is the things that you want. Once you've made the decision to quit smoking, put together a plan. Put together a plan that you cannot, that you don't change. How you, how you're not going to, what are you going to eat? How are you going to exercise to build your metabolism? Talk to your, your, uh, you know, druggist that helps you with vitamins and that type of thing. What, what type of plan do you have in place? I joined a gym. Uh, about a year before I quit, but that was that was how I built up my plan. Um, you want to figure out uh, what you're you know what you're going to do, like like you were just saying, what you're going to do in case of a a very stressful day or something going on, having that little uh, straw there. Some people use the uh, e-cigarettes, you know, the electric cigarettes that have no nicotine in them. Because yeah. you can do those, um, but you know, like my my whole thing with quitting smoking or any drug is to have once you've made the decision to do it, is to have a plan and stick to that plan. Yeah, and, that's excellent and, advice. Excellent advice, Candace. Uh, Lisi, I know you have to run. I just want to thank you for for calling oh, in and sharing you. your quitting uh, smoking story with us. And, folks, you can uh, go to cakewalk, that's C-A-K-E, walk.com, and uh, find out more about uh, what Lisi is up to there. Thanks again for coming on the program. Thank you, Kathy. You've been such an inspiration and so helpful to me. Thank you. Thank you. And you to I. (laughs) Okay. Bye, Lisi. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. That's, you're so right, Candace. That plan is the most important thing that we can do to support ourselves 
And, you know, well, something so, else... That, just let me sorry. say this. One reason the plan is so important is because nicotine is not... It, it, it leaves your body, but that's not... But it, it's still in your brain. The addiction is still in your brain. And it will continue to try to bring you back. And that's why you say you quit for so long, but then you went back. I quit for so long, but then I went back. There was no nicotine in our bodies. That was gone a long, long time ago. It's the nicotine in your brain. It's what it does to your brain. And it will. So what you have to do is keep on tricking your brain. Every time something comes up like a question, like, I'm going to gain weight. You have to have an answer for it. So that's why the plan is so important. You have an answer. No, I already have that under control. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to eat good, clean, healthy foods. I'm going to do that every day. And I'll lose weight as I go along. I'll do my best. But I'm not. That's not going to stop me from not smoking. That's why the plan is so important. That's excellent advice. I can't believe we have like 36 seconds left, so we may go a little bit over for anybody who's listening live, but anybody who goes into the archive, you'll be able to hear the show in its entirety. It's really, really pivotal for you to know yourself and to know what works for you. And I really recognize that um, what Lisey's quote about breath, you know, and life, when we smoke, not only does it impact our lungs and our breathing capacity, but it also separates us from people. It's like this, just imagine you're sucking in the smoke and then, you know, blowing it out. And so between you and the world, there is this haze of smoke between you. And mm-hmm. once you don't have that, it's amazing the different level of intimacy you get to in the world. And so I think an important question to ask, you know, oneself would be, why am I keeping myself separate from the world? Why am I doing this? And that's something that I, I, you know, tapped into for me. And so it's amazing what can come up for each of us if we really pause and and question things like that. And um, and I know what has continued to keep me smoke-free, you know, I love myself. I want to live. And I think that if anybody's on the fence about it at this point, one thing I would also suggest is go to the people you love and ask them, what would the impact be if I died of lung cancer? Well, that, I, yeah, I mean, of course. But, I, you know, I think what, you, what we were talking about earlier in the program, and you and I, Kathy, for a while now, is each person has something that, Part of them, like you loving yourself and from that asking questions like, oh my goodness, what would my, what would asking my family that question be? And mine, mine is uh, strength and integrity. I don't like the idea that I'm an intelligent woman who's strong, who has plans for my life, who raised children, that yeah, that there's this part of me that is so uh, it's so weak that I can't bring myself to stop smoking. Mm. When that is just an activity, that just simple activity that you could stop 
So I felt like it, to, to be out there and to to really see my full potential as a human being, as a mother or anything, to stop smoking and to stop it. And that's, that, for me, was what helped me. And yours is just as powerful and just as strong. Everybody has their reason that somehow clicks with them. Whatever that is, that, you know, it's being positive, being confident and just doing it and saying today's the day and this is what I'm going to do and put my plan together. So exactly. hopefully hope somebody will quit today. <laughs> with I know. Phone. I'm hoping someone listening will quit today. And I just want to uh, share with them, if you want to quit smoking, you can go to 800-784-8669 or www.smokefree.government for more information about all the different ways you can smoke. And I also want to throw out a warning there. You know, just because you go to a nicotine patch or the nicotine gum or the, um, you know, whatever other method is out there doesn't mean that it's okay to stay on that for the rest of your life, which I find. Well, uh, I, I think it can. You have to get some advice from, I, I believe like you do, I don't think it's whether it's right or it's wrong. What I believe is that eventually that might, that could be self-destructive as well because exactly. I, so I think that you have to have a plan, and that's why, you know, uh, the nicotine patches have a plan. The nicotine patches give you a level. Go start at one point, then you go to a middle point, and then you go to the end point, which has almost no nicotine in it. And by the time you're done, your body is really ready to say, okay, I'm done. And then it's, a, it's an easier transition. I, I like you, Kathy. I don't think it's a good idea to stay on nicotine patches or chew the gum or anything else just because it's self-destructive over a period of time. You've okay. got to be able to... It's like anything else. If you don't, you know, you, can, it could, you could become addicted to that as well. So as long as you use it in the way that it was designed, which was, yeah. you know, to kind of slowly um, take you uh, off the addiction, that's fine. But just just a warning because oh, I, I, here, I'll tell you, I don't I don't do any of those things anymore. So it's it's easily done. It wasn't difficult. It was an easy transition. As a matter of fact, it was so easy I forgot to put them on, and that's right. really what happened. I just forgot about it and realized after about a week, oh my, I stopped using those patches. Oh, okay, well that's good. And I never thought about it again. Only thing I did was I. I kept them in my purse for a while, uh, and I, I think they're still there. Um, but all the other all the other issues related. I know one thing: I feel stronger. I feel stronger and better. And uh, saw somebody smoking this morning when they're having their coffee, sitting outside at Starbucks, and I thought, oh, I had my mind had so totally forgotten about it that it didn't occur to me until I saw that. And, and that's why cigarette smoking is so difficult because it's the only, one of the only drugs other than alcohol that people can do in plain sight and it's acceptable. Right. Yeah. And it, it occurred to me for a second. I thought, wow, yeah. There. And then it, my brain said, yeah, not for me, though. Not what exactly. I want in my life. Exactly. I feel so much better who I am today. That's the thing we have to do for ourselves, continually do that. Well, I'm hoping that someone is inspired by what we shared today. 
I, if you are, I want you to email me at gobehindthecurtain uh, at gmail.com because I will monitor your progress on the show. I mean, you will be coming on. You'll be a regular guest that pops in because we want to make sure that you're supported through this process. And Candace will be coming back. We're going to do a whole series on addiction and cover a lot of different um, kinds of addictions on the program. Yeah, and Kathy, so I, don't, I don't mind anybody... I don't mind anybody emailing or anything like that if you'd like. Them, you know, if, right. So you're well, going to take care of the email. Your... I'll give it to you now, and then um, if anybody uh, doesn't get it or wants to, you know, you'll have the information. So it's mine is C, like in Candace, B like in boy, O L, B like in boy, A C H, at AOL.com. Perfect. Uh, you can also contact me, and I will be sure to forward on um, your emails to Candace. And um, and when Candace gets her website up, we'll make mention of it, so you'll know how to reach her there. I want to thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and, uh, with us today, Candace. And uh, as I mentioned, you'll be coming back as we go through our series on addiction. And I'm just so grateful to have met you. I mean, smoking was a positive thing. <laughs> so <okay>. long ago. <laughs> it's, I, yes, and you know something, uh, as, as um, Lisey, is that it, Lisey? Is that how I pronounce Lisey. her name? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes, you're an inspiration to me, too. And it's uh, amazing your, your strength and perseverance and who you are and your dignity as a person. So I, I always love being part of it, things you're doing. And uh, Thank I you, appreciate Ken. everyone I that's listening. I feel the same way about you. Thanks again. I just want to tell the folks next week, tune in to hear Jenny Triplett. She's the editor-in-chief of Prison World magazine. Jenny is part of a husband and wife team that is so phenomenal. They had this they had to deal with a twist of fate in their in their lives, which could have destroyed their future and their marriage, but the couple turned lemons into lemonade, and they created an opportunity from an inspired idea. So be sure to tune in to meet Jenny and hear her amazing story. She's a very unique spirit, and uh, I think you'll really enjoy her. She's one half of the dynamic couple that is making headlines wherever they go. This is Kathy yeah. Barrett sending you a virtual hug from behind the curtain as well as Candace Bolbat. So great to have you along on this journey. I'll be back next week, and I hope you'll tune in. Peace, everybody. And quit smoking. <laughs> With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.